Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to another episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Today I'm excited to talk to my guest. His name is Japeth Singleton. He lives over in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I've followed some of his stuff on Facebook, but it wasn't really till about a week or week and a half ago, I saw a story come through on uh, Japeth, and I'm going to let him do a little more discussion on that, but it was really a heartwarming uh, story, and it's one where I tell folks, never judge a book by its cover. Javid, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So tell me a little bit about how that story came uh, to boot. And, and for people that aren't familiar, there's a channel in, in Albuquerque, Channel 4, KOB, and they do a segment called Pay It Forward. And uh, Javid was uh, uh, featured in this story, and, and if you could just kind of flesh it out from there for me, I'd appreciate it. Okay. Uh, I met a young man uh, going to my church, and uh, at my church we have a uh, program where young men that are coming out of prison or they're trying to get out of drug and alcohol uh, abuse and things like that, they go to this program, and uh, you know it's a it's a living program where they learn to get in touch with God and and really uh, release their demons, you know, get rid of that kind of stuff. And so a lot of these young men they have uh, tattoos or markings or scars from using drugs or, or whatever it is. And, uh, specifically this young man had some scars from drug use. And so, uh, he didn't have any money to cover him up, but you know, his life was transforming. And so since I'm a tattoo artist, I told him, come on in. But that's, that's one of the things that we offer actually at my tattoo shop is, uh, any type of old gang tattoos, prison tattoos, scars, things like that. Um, if we can help transform somebody's life, we actually, uh, we just go ahead and do that. Oh, fantastic. And so he happened to do this and then uh, get in front, uh, get in touch with the news channel who brought a reporter yeah. down and they ended up giving you money. And, and the most amazing thing was, what were the first thoughts in your mind when you got that money in your hand? Oh, it has to go to somebody else. <laughs> um yeah, I just I I knew a bunch of people right away that were also or just in a predicament, man. And so, um, you know, the Lord, the Lord is good, man. He He does provide, and and you know, just my heart's been really softened. So, so you know, the first thing was, yeah, go give it to somebody else. Go give it to somebody that really needs it. Well, fantastic, and and it's we kind of talked before we got the show going, you know. If, if you were to be standing on the street looking for any of the listeners to, to look at Jabeth, you might see him there and uh, maybe want to cross the street or go to the other side. Uh, <laughs> because what what's unique about you? Well, I guess, you know, I for what you're mentioning, it's the tattoo all over my face or, you know, I'm, I'm really covered with uh, body art. So um, I'm kind of a disturbing looking individual sometimes to some folks, but... Um, and I'll tell you, honestly, uh, you know, when I got the tattoo on my face and, and, uh, for most of my life, man, for 35 years of my life, I was not uh, a person of faith. I didn't believe 
in God. I didn't uh, follow Jesus. I didn't do anything like that. So um, I was kind of a vicious character at one point. So people have a, you know, we, uh, we jump to assumptions, but we do that on, on purpose. You know, it's, it's a good thing. If you see a lion roaring at you, uh, you know, you're in trouble. So if you see a guy that looks like he's going to hurt you, it might, it might be so. Um, but what's tremendous about God is that when he gets a hold of you, man, he, he turns you inside out. He transforms everything about you. So, uh, now I'm, I, I mean, I still look the way I look, but I'm a, you know, I'm a new creation, man. Well, and that's awesome. And, and that's the thing is, well, we do have that instinctual, you know, fight or flight built into absolutely, us. Yeah. You don't always want to judge another person by the no, absolutely outside not. Well, you know, I, with a, as a guy with a tattoo on his face, I'll tell you, um, we all, we all make snap judgments. It, it's something that we do. You know, when I see a guy in a uh, pink button up shirt, I think I'm about to get audited. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So, <laughs> we all make snap judgments, but uh, you know, if we could, if we could lay, lay that down for a little bit, you know, the Lord says he doesn't even look at, uh, the outside appearance of a person and he checks their heart. And so I think as people, if we, if we could take that snap judgment and, and maybe we're not wrong, you know, but if we could set that aside for a moment and actually examine somebody's heart, we'd probably find ourselves in a lot more peaceful uh world you know regardless of our belief systems and things like that true that's a person's true character Mm -hmm. so your tattoo studio is called disciple tattoo and it's located in albuquerque yeah my tattoo shop's in albuquerque i actually live in a small town about 40 minutes away from albuquerque called belen but yeah my tattoo shop's in the the major city here in new mexico now in addition to being a full-time tattoo artist a a father and a husband you're also bitten by the hunting bug like a lot of us oh my god i'll tell you what With you being there in New Mexico, that's one of the premier areas for elk, pronghorn, mule deer, turkey. Uh, I think you've got several species of turkey, don't you? Yes, we do. We have at least, uh, well, we have three species of turkey here, um, but we can only hunt two of them. We can hunt the uh, Rios, and there's another species that we can hunt, but we have golden turkeys out in the eastern end of the state. Um, We don't have enough of those yet to actually hunt them yet. Oh, all right. I know there's some exotics that have been transported to the state that are uh, just absolutely. We've got ibex down south. I'll tell you what, one of the most strenuous hunts, one of the most mystical experiences of my life has actually been chasing ibex, uh, Siberian ibex. They were transported here in the 70s. I mean, just a phenomenal animal. They are gorgeous. They are mystical. I, I, I just, I, I don't even have the words, honestly, to describe an ibex. They are, it's something, if you get an opportunity to actually hunt ibex or chase ibex, I would recommend it to anybody, any any type of hunter. Now, did you get drawn for the hunter? Were you guiding? No. So I actually work for a company also called High Desert Outdoors or High Desert Productions. I'm a cameraman for them. And so what happens is we film for Bone Shack Outdoors, which is actually on Pursuit Channel. We also film for our own program, which is High Desert Outdoors. Uh, but we also offer our services for anybody else that may want their hunt filmed. So if somebody contacts us and says, hey, man, I've got this hunt I'm going on. You know, I want a cameraman. I want to remember this. Then they send me. Got it. Okay. I actually got to chase a man while he's hunting. And so uh, I'll tell you, though, 
it's it's probably twice as hard as actually hunting itself. And that's in those are in the what they're called the Florida Mountains. Uh, yeah, the Floridas. Or Floridas. Okay. So yeah, felt like Florida, just pronounced a little different. And, and I'll tell you that mountain it doesn't want you there. Any of your listeners ever get a, a chance to actually uh, go up the Florida Mountains? Get your big boy pants on. Be prepared before you get there. It it is one of the most grueling places I've ever been. And are there Audad in that same mountain range? Uh, yes, there are. Okay, and then I know they also released uh, Gemsbach down there in the White Sands Missile Range area. Yeah, yeah, in the White Sands. Yeah, and that's a fun area with the history of you know the nuclear testing and stuff like that you actually have to have somebody that will take you around the white sand you can't go down there by yourself and snap pictures and photos and stuff it's kind of a hush hush area but yeah that's pretty fun with all that going on now do you get outside of the filming do you get much chance to do hunting yourself every opportunity i get honestly i'm a fully addicted hunter so and we have a tremendous coyote count here so if we're not actively hunting big game we're out chasing coyotes or, or small game too okay so uh, when you put that together, I noticed you, you mentioned something earlier today that you would like to be out elk hunting. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been elk hunting. There's something about waking up in the morning and hearing them sing and and running up a mountain to go chase them that uh, I need in my life. And I yeah, I get uh, interrupted by all the other hunting seasons, but elk is elk is my real. That's what I want to be hunting. That's what I always want to be doing. So that that would be safe to say your passion. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Those animals, whether I'm hunting them, filming them, just running after them whatever I'm doing, those animals fully have my attention. Yeah. yeah, they're in need. I'm a member of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and I've been able to interview a gentleman from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and it's a great group. While I've not been elk hunting myself, I, I really look forward to doing it one day. I'll tell you, there's nothing There's nothing like it. It's hands down second to none. <laughs> so. Is it straight archery that you do, or is it is it anything? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bow hunter specifically, but I, I'll use whatever weapon gets the job done. But yeah, I primarily like the bow hunt. It's my thing. I actually uh, have my own little offshoot thing called the Freshman Bow Hunter. I got into bow hunting a few years ago, and when I went looking for resources on how to become a bow hunter or tips and tricks or stuff like that. You know, everything I found was all these guys that were super pro and they already knew everything. They'd been hunting their whole life and there wasn't a lot for the new guy. So we started a uh, an offshoot called the Freshman Bow Hunter where people get to actually uh, follow me around and, and watch me as I'm brand new, screwing it up, making the mistakes, uh, learning as I go. So other people that want to get into bow hunting actually have something something to connect to you know because not everybody was raised hunting not everybody was this is something that bow hunting specifically you know we need to call people in and if they're excited about it especially the noobs we got to draw them in sure so is this a video series mm -hmm. absolutely so i do videos uh i also post articles and things like that what i'm learning and i reach out to some of the best in the business i honestly do there you know we have several professional hunters here in new mexico that are friends of mine and i reach out to them i ask them questions and as I ask them questions, I go ahead and post my question and then post my response and, and just helping other people learn as well as I'm learning. The whole learning atmosphere, if, if somebody wants to learn, you know, they can learn with me. I'll have links for this in the show notes of this show so that anybody that's listening wants to access it or go to it, uh, they'll be able to direct link right to your web pages and or videos and Fantastic. Uh, watch what you're doing. And I'm assuming get in touch with you that way or through your Facebook page as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really into reaching out with other people to be social. <laughs> yeah, I saw one of the things I, I caught my attention was on Facebook, you have a picture of you standing there 
with a bow, but yeah. it looks like a painting. Did you run that? Is that an actual picture that somebody painted? Uh, a friend of mine has an app on their phone. It was a photo from when I was my last elk hunt. Somebody put it through an app on the phone, and I'm, I'm not even quite sure what the app is, but it's really it came cool. out looking really neat. Yeah, yeah, it came out looking really neat. So now I'm... You don't know this, and some of the listeners know this. I'm handicapped, so I can't draw a regular bow. Uh, I hunt mm. with a uh, crossbow. Uh, oh, cool. Tell folks a little bit about the equipment that you're using. What what type of gear are you, what type of gear do you fancy right now? I'll tell you what, PSE has been the bow for me, and they don't sponsor me. I don't get any money out of this or anything, but PSE has actually been a, a really phenomenal bow for me. They're affordable and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I mean, as a bow hunter, the more I learn, um, pretty much any of the top name companies, they're all getting their limbs made by the same uh, limb maker. It, it really comes down to preference, you know, just what you like aesthetically or whatever. But I find PSE because, you know, I'm working class, it's, it's affordable, gets the job done. And then, you know, Muzzy Broadheads put everything down, you know, they have for a long time. So, and I know there's a great uh, conversation between fixed blades and, and mechanical and this, that, and the other. And I, you know, I shoot Muzzies, I shoot uh, Eastons, shoot them with a PSE. So so you're using a three blade uh, fixed? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so the traditional like the, Muzzy Broadhead. Absolutely. Yeah. It. It's never failed me. And, uh, everybody has their opinion and that's awesome. It, you know, what works for you works for you. What works for me is, you know, yeah, those muzzy fixed blades. Yep. I've used those with, uh, one of my older crossbows before and they're a fantastic broadhead. Absolutely. Where you're at in New Mexico, is it basically walking out your door to do elk hunting or is there a traveling distance? I'll tell you not where, where I live. It's not uh, walking out your door to elk hunt. Um, but I do live, uh, about 20 miles from the Manzano mountains. There's, uh, I spent a lot of time hiking. I spent a lot of time up there for small game and stuff like that. Um, but I like to really head up North towards the uh, Colorado border. We have some amazing, there's just elk up there and infestation. <laughs> I mean, there's elk everywhere. But we also have some of the greatest uh, elk down in the Gila wilderness. But getting a tag for that is definitely a, a trick. Our tag system, you know, like many states, the, the higher demand areas, you're probably not going to get drawn for. So I actually put in for some of the lower demand areas, but where there are a higher animal count. But get back in the areas where there's less people and uh, hopefully exactly. a little harder to get well, to. And as a, you know, what really drew me to bow hunting is, you know, I grew up, my, uh, my dad, you know, we hunted with rifles, we hunted white-tailed deer and black-tailed deer and stuff like that. It, it was always, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not trying to disparage rifle hunters or anything else. The, the thing that really draws me to bow hunting is being able or, or having to hike many miles past where everybody else is going to be and actually going deep into the wilderness and being there away from everybody else. You know, that's what really draws me to bow hunting is not being around my truck or, or just being a couple miles away from my truck and stuff like that. I like to be deep in the wilderness and I like to be uh, solo. You know what I mean? I like to be quiet and by myself up a mountain somewhere. Well, fantastic. So tell me, what's the closest you've called an elk into you when you're hunting? I'll tell you what, I'm not really a caller. I'm more of a spot and stock type situation. So uh, I like to creep, try to move as silently through the woods as possible, other than the squirrels, obviously, <laughs> the little tattletales. So I'm, I'm more of a spot and stock guy, but I have, I've had elk close enough to almost touch. Wow. So yeah, that's certainly a bugling bull. Anything within 15, 20 yards 
has got to get the hair standing up on the back of your neck. I'll tell you what, there's absolutely no feeling in the world like it. I've tried it all. And for me, at the end of the day, man, there's nothing like trying to get close to those elk. There's nothing like being right there with them. And it, and it's, yeah, I love elk meat. I really do. I, I, I fantasize about it. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I love elk meat. But it's not really about the killing so much as it is about just being there and running with them. Well, great. And outside of elk, now tell me, you mentioned that you're going to be headed down to the southern part of the state in January. Yeah, I'll be headed down to what we call the Sierra Blancas, or in English, that's the White Mountains. We're going to go down and I'll be doing some mule deer hunting in January in a phenomenal part of the state. Now, this will be bow as well? Yes. Everything I put in for is archery. I'm, uh, I do, uh, like I said, predator hunting and stuff like that I'll do with my gun. But most of the time, anything I put in for or anything I'm looking for is archery. Once you get down, will, now will this be filmed as well? Oh, absolutely. I try to film uh, every time I go out. So that's one of the coolest parts about uh, technology nowadays is the access to information. And so that's what I try to do is I really, because I sit myself, I'll, I'll sit and I'll watch the worst hunting video in the world. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'll watch them all. And and I know that there's other people out there doing that. What we're trying to do is is fill that gap for new people or for people that wanted something a little more honest about their hunting shows. A lot of the hunting shows are very glossed. It's always a kill. There's always, it doesn't feel realistic. You know, if you've been out bow hunting, especially even the best bow hunters, their percentage is like 30, 40%. You know what I mean? So you have to go out a lot. There's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of heartbreak that goes into that. And I think that when we film that and we're more honest about that, other people can really connect truly to it and understand that just because you didn't get something this time doesn't mean that you stopped trying. Right. I watched one of the Bone Shack episodes yesterday. Oh, cool. A couple of the guys were up turkey hunting. Oh, yeah. That would be Greg and John. Yeah. Yeah, and then they cooked it up, the turkey breast up at the end of the episode. And... Absolutely. That's my buddy Clint Masterman, man. That guy is a phenomenal cook so and those are all guys out here local we're all it, it, it's the same as every other little group of hunting buddies all over the country you know we're just we threw a camera on it trying to be real honest about it well and i'll have links to to the high desert outdoor productions youtube page as well i did watch the uh, largest tamale for the oh, yeah. <laughs> festival that your video you produced i was i was chuckling about that yeah there's a there's just a wide variety of videos that you you guys have all produced um not just oh, yeah. hunting videos Oh, no, no, no. We don't, we'll throw a camera on anything. The the bone, the episodes of what the television show are like, like you say, they, they weren't as polished. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I actually mean that as a congratulations, instead of spending a lot of time in editing and trying to make this thing look like a Hollywood blockbuster, it looked like a video you'd watch with your buddies um, hunting. And so it was... Much more realistic, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. That's really where we were aiming was we want that real feeling. You know, there's any hunter knows that feeling, even as you're just walking through the woods, there's something indescribable about it. There's something mystical about it. It's not all about the kill shot. You know, it really isn't. And I know that especially being in the industry, um, they say it's all about the kill shot. But I disagree. I think it's it's much more about that experience. And should you should you be lucky enough and blessed enough to actually get your kill shot, then, then awesome. But it's not all about that and it's and I, and I know that's the same for pretty much every other hunter out there there's only a few people that actually go hunting for antlers or go hunting for you know what i mean because they gotta kill something but you know one of the things about our industry that um we're not allowed to talk about you know we say well we're, we're not trophy hunters you know we just hunt for meat and blah 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 because of such of the uh the anti-push 
against hunting. But when we're honest with ourselves, it really is about all of that. It's about the experience. It's about being away from other people. It's about being deep in God's country. It's about being uh, at one with, you know, that, that primal part of yourself. And at the end of the day, if you get the biggest elk or the biggest deer or the, you know, the, the furriest, prettiest bear or whatever you're hunting, there's that feeling of accomplishment. There's that sense of pride that look what I did, you know, oh my gosh, I, I brought that animal down. So there is a, there is the, the trophy aspect to it because any animal that you take down is, is obviously a trophy at some point. Mm-hmm. And so I wish that we could communicate that with the rest of the world. Like we're not cold blooded, just murderers. But at the end of the day, blood on the hands is not a bad thing. You know? No, and that's kind of it's one of the things I see a lot of hunters will post a picture and say, well, he's not the biggest buck or he's not. <laughs> and I'm like, if he was big enough for you to pull the trigger on, be proud. <laughs> exactly. And and yeah, we're honor I mean, the animal. Absolutely. And I guess that's the thing, too, is, is what's not expressed. In my last elk hunting video, I was not successful. So you see the heartbreak. You see the, uh, you see the real, um, the look on my face is classic. I'll tell you that. Uh, we hunt for food, but at the end, but it, it's not all about the food. No, it's, it, as you said, it's the experience. Uh, there are a few shows in the hunting world that, that try to capture that whole feeling because realistically, maybe what, 1% of the time is of the total hunt is spent on the actual pulling of the trigger or releasing the arrow? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the, most of it, you know, it goes into the preparation. It's the drive. It's the hike. It's the, and, and the commodity too. You know, I, I don't think, I don't know if that's touched upon as, as much as I'd love to see it touched upon. When you get a good hunting buddy, that brother that just, I, I, I guess I can't describe it. I really don't have the words, but there's nothing like that, you know, that, that brotherhood between us. And that's the coolest part about the hunting industry, honestly, is by and large, we really are pretty united. There's always a little bit of dissent and there's always that one guy. Uh, by and large, we really are united and we really do have a, have a great care and concern for one another. And I think that that's a great thing to uh, showcase also, especially for people that maybe maybe they don't have that in their life. Hunting is one of those areas where you really do find that friend. You really do find that part of your life that fills in the gap. And it generally, as you say, it generally crosses both socioeconomic as well as distance levels. Because I know if, if you came in and said, I'm here in South Texas and I want to hunt hogs, I want to take you out to a spot. And, and we're going to try to spend as much time as I can to get you on hogs. And conversely, exactly. you know, if I'm over there asking about tips for getting at, at elk, you're most likely going to share. And that's a brotherhood between both men and women. Willingness, that desire to help each other out towards a common goal is is something that I always, one of the things I really enjoy about hunting. I went for my first deer hunting camp when I was 12 years old. Didn't take my first deer until I was 32. <laughs> There's got to be something addictive for something you do, what, almost 19 years or so and 20 years and not be successful? See, I guess that's the greatest point, I, and you just made it for me, is that apparently it wasn't ever not successful. So maybe you didn't drop a deer every time, but there was something else happening there that kept drawing you back and drawing you back and drawing you back. And and I think if more people knew about that, like it's not about, it's not all about the blood. It really is about that experience that you have while you're there. You right. know? It's the whole package. It's the whole experience it wrapped really up. Is. Yeah. And dressing in camo is awesome. Oh, that's so. never a bad thing. No, it's not. <laughs> When you're in work as a day-to-day as a tattoo artist, uh, do you get requests for many types of uh, hunting tattoos? 
I really do. Honestly, I actually angle myself towards our community. I love to do realistic animals. I absolutely do. It's one of my favorite things to to draw or to tattoo. And so I actually angle for that. And a large part of my business is actually other hunters and, and outdoorsmen. And do you have a website for your, your shop? We don't have a website. We do have a Facebook, Disciple Tattoo 505 on Facebook. We try to be socially engaged, but at the same time, our mission at Disciple Tattoo, hence the name, we're, we're out to make disciples for Jesus Christ. We use our shop as a means of spreading the gospel. We use our shop as a means of spreading love and things like that. And it just so happens that God blesses us with people to uh, tattoo on for money sometimes. Well, fantastic. I Next time I'm coming through Albuquerque, uh, I'm going to have to figure out something. I've got a, a blank arm here waiting for some type of hunting tattoo. Fantastic. I'd love to hook it up. My wife will absolutely not be happy, but uh, she'll get over it. <laughs> so outside of tattooing and now you have how many children? Is it four? I have four. Four little girls. Yeah. Any of them into hunting? Oh, yes, absolutely. My girls are nuts about hunting. They just, you know, you've never seen four little girls just so enthusiastic about being outside. I'll tell you what. And what are what are their ages? They all looked fairly young. Yeah, my oldest is actually only eight years old, and my youngest is about a year and a half. Yeah, all, all of them are stacked right in that little group right there. So they're all little huntresses so far. Uh, my daughter will be going on her first youth encouragement hunt. Next year, when she hits nine years old, she'll be able to go after a deer, and she can't wait. She's actually chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah, my, my oldest daughter, who's, uh, what is she now, 15, I took her when she was five, and uh, she shot a ram. My youngest daughter, once it rolled around time for her to go, we weren't able to go out when she was five, but then we got to six. She really wanted the ram, you know, the mount for above her bed. Oh, yeah. But she's like, Dad, can't we just go to the taxidermist and buy one? She really didn't want oh. to go uh, go shoot one uh, because that involved getting up early, putting on camouflage, <laughs> all the stuff she could really care less about. Sure. So I was like, she just really wanted that head above her bed. (laughs) I said, no, you've got to earn that. So to earn it, you have to do all the stuff that goes along with it. My boy, I thought I would be lucky and have a hunter with either my oldest daughter or my boy, and none of them could could care less. But they're still young, so hopefully, as they grow and and age, things will change a little bit. So I I look forward to. You know, that's the thing. I guess that's the thing too. Is and and I'm sure some of your listeners are probably going to get pretty tired of this. But to go back to the Bible, (laughs) you know what I mean. The Bible says that teach them the ways of the word, actually teach them the ways of the Lord when they're young. And when they're older, they'll return to it. In that same thought, I think, you know, if we give our kids that love of the outdoors, we give our kids that same passion that we have, that when they're older, you know, they all go through their stuff. When they're older, they'll come back to that and they'll know, oh, wait a minute, man. I remember finding peace on top of that mountain. I remember this. I remember that. And and those are the things that they'll hold on to, regardless of uh, how many cell phones and stuff try to get in the way. <laughs> You know? Exactly. So, so yeah, that's that's all I can do is hope they they know it, they've experienced it, and let's hope at some point in the future they decide that it's it's something worthwhile for them to come back to. And and even if they don't personally want to hunt themselves, at least they'll have uh, the foreknowledge. And and I think that that's a large problem that we have um, with the general public is that there's not an actual lot of knowledge about what we do or how we do it or those type of things there. And so it can seem very brutal. It can seem as if we're just people that are out there trying to kill as much as possible or something. And and I think the more people that have an overview, a great general knowledge of base of knowledge on that situation, 
it would it would just be better for us all the way around. So the more people that know that we're not out actually just you know bloodthirsty killers is better. Yeah, they definitely understand when uh, you put the meat down on the table where that came from and the consequences and 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 the effort put into to getting it. So uh, absolutely, well, might... and and a respect for life. And I, I I hate to cut you off, Jason, but yeah, like you said, a real respect for the life that was given so that we can eat. Exactly, exactly. So we've got Disciple Tattoo Five Hundred Five, which is a spot you can be contacted on on Facebook. Absolutely, you're okay with anybody contacting you through your Facebook page as absolutely. well. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I and I'd love to reach out to any of your listeners, uh, especially about faith. Like I said, Disciple Tattoo, uh, primarily what we're here to do is spread the gospel. So if you have questions, if you've been angry at God, if you just don't understand it or you think we're kooky or whatever else, reach out to me. Reach out to me. I have uh, I do a lot of studying. Faith is not something that comes because uh, I just really wanted to believe in Jesus. I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, I didn't really want to believe in Jesus. He says you have to be accountable and say you're sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. But I have done my research. You know, there's there's absolutely so much evidence for what we believe, and I'd love to share that with anybody. So if you're questionable about the evidence, if you're questionable about uh, why I believe what I believe or, or those things there, I'd love to really talk to anybody about that. Well, fantastic. And I, I hope somebody contacts you, and, uh, especially if it's a time of need or... Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, here, I'm, I'm here at all points. Absolutely. Well, great. So we've got High Desert Outdoors Productions. You've got a great mule deer hunt opportunity coming up here in the South. So I look forward to hearing from you maybe sometime after the new year to see how, how the mule deer hunt went. And I'm also going to link out there for your bow hunting pages. And uh, let's hope that that all works out and, and continues to build for you because it's, uh, like you said, everybody comes out for, I, I heard a podcast not too long ago on bow hunting and the guy's demographic that he was trying to reach is that absolute professional hardcore hunter he doesn't explain what a wrist pull is he does you know mm. he assumes you come right. into the already knowing all that for the new person that says man i'd love to get into bow hunting but i have no idea where to start where, where do i go what do i buy can i pull this with my fingers what's a wrist pull what's a you know what's the arrow yeah, exactly it's great to hear that you're filling that gap Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd, I'd really like to extend that to any of your listeners that come check me out. If you have a question, please ask. And if I don't know the answer, I guarantee we'll find it together. Well, fantastic. Well, again, I really appreciate the time you've given me today. It was a pleasure talking with you. If anybody wants to look up Japheth, his name is spelled J-A-P-H-E-T-H. Last name is Singleton. S-I-N-G-L-E-T-O-N. And uh, I would encourage you to get in touch with him on Facebook, have the conversations with him, enjoy it. I can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you, Jason, so much, man. I, I, really, uh, I really enjoyed this. Great. It was my pleasure. It's hardcore
Don't scare easily, but it's him or me.